Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. We want to thank everyone for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Show Truth Hour here on POET Radio. I am your host, Black Ice. Uh, we have our brother Joe, who's on also with us tonight. We're going to have a very explosive lesson for you brothers and sisters tonight, and I am really looking forward to this lesson tonight. Uh, man, I'm excited, brothers and sisters. I guess that's all I can say right now is that I'm excited, really excited about tonight's lesson. Tonight's lesson is the real Father's Day. Again, the real Father's Day. That's tonight's lesson, and uh, it's going to be something very, very, very phenomenal. I'm interested in tonight's lesson, and I'm going to go ahead and um, bring Brother Joe on so our brother can can do some greetings with you guys. Um, Just for a moment, Brother Joe, um, talk to the people. Give me a couple of minutes to just get my notes, and I'm going to go ahead and bring you off mute. Uh, So you could just talk to the people for a couple of minutes and greet them while I go get my notes. And uh, I will be right back, and then we'll go ahead and start our show. So let me go ahead and bring Brother Joe off mute. Give me one moment. One moment, and I'm a little bit under the weather, guys. I have my allergies are really working on me uh, tonight, but it's all good. Let me go ahead and bring Joe off mute. Uh, Brother Joe, you can go ahead and greet the people. Give me a couple of minutes. I'll be right back. Go ahead, Brother Joe. Hey, peace and blessings, peace and blessings, everyone. Greetings, greetings, all the listeners, all the viewers. Um, it's going to be an exciting teaching tonight. I'm excited. Um, my heart is pounding right now. That's just how excited I am about the teaching tonight. So, hey, get your pen, your pads, get your papers ready, get your Bibles ready for an explosive teaching tonight for my dear brother, Ice. Um, I'm just excited. I hope everyone had a, 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 a great day today, uh, productive. Um, hope all is well. Everyone's got an uh, a empty stomach. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, right. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be uh, true, true teaching, true teaching. Well, thank you so show. much. Thank you so much for that, Brother Joe. I do have my notes now, and I am about to go Facebook Live. So if you are on Facebook, we want you to go live with us and share this video. When we go on Facebook Live, we want you to go ahead and share the video. Um, It's called The Real Father's Day, the eighth day. The Real Father's Day, the eighth day. That's what we're going to talk about on tonight's show, The Real Father's Day. The eighth day. That's tonight's subject, and that's what we're going to talk about on tonight's show. So, um, let me go ahead and uh, start the recording for our Facebook Live. For so, for again, for those who are out there on Facebook Live, 
we have a Facebook Live page called the Truth Hour Bible Show. Type that in your Facebook search engines now, and you should be able to pull it up. The Truth Hour Bible Show. And we're going to go live in five, four, three, two, one. We want to thank you, brothers and sisters, for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Show Truth Hour here on POET Radio. And um, tonight's lesson, brothers and sisters, is the real Father's Day. Again, the real Father's Day. That's what we want to deal with on tonight's show, the real Father's Day. So we want you to go get your Bibles. And when I say the real Father's Day, I'm talking about the coming of the Father. Now, we, we always hear about the coming of the Son. Right? I mean, uh, Brother Joe, you've read and you've heard that Jesus is coming back, right? Jesus is coming back. We always hear about the coming of the Son. But have you heard about the coming of the Father? And the Bible that calls that the, the Bible calls that the eighth day. So we're going to read about not the coming back of Jesus, but the coming back of the Father. That's what we're going to read about on tonight's show, the Bible show Truth Hour. That's what we're going to Talk about the the Father's Day, the eighth day. Again, Father's Day, the eighth day. That's what we're going to read about, listen, and learn about on tonight's show. Father's Day, the eighth day. So share this video right now. Brother Joe, we're going to go ahead and start our YouTube listeners. And uh, let me put this on record for our YouTube listeners. And then we can go ahead and get started, Brother Joe. Okay, YouTube is going live in five, four, three, two, one. We want to thank everyone for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Radio Show. Truth Hour, we are live now on Facebook Live, and we are also on YouTube. Tonight's lesson is the real Father's Day. Now... Question is, where is our Father? We're talking about God the Father. And do we know Him? Where is our Father? And do we know Him? That's the first place we're going to start at. That's where we're going to start. So we're going to go to the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter. That's where we want to start at, Brother Joe. Matthew, the sixth chapter. Turn your Bibles to Matthew. The sixth chapter, that's where we're going to start at, and we're going to find out where our Father is currently. Where is he? We read this book called the Bible. Jesus testified of him. He was one of his witnesses. That's why we say Jehovah's Witnesses. Jesus was the Jehovah's Witness. Um, well, well, that's even a twist to that, too. We're going to talk about that in another lesson at another time. But now let's deal with the real Father's Day. So Matthew, the sixth chapter, go ahead and start that at verse 5. Matthew 6, let's start at verse 5. Go ahead, Brother Joe. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for thy love to pray, standing in the synagogue and in the corners and in the streets, and they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. So, brothers and sisters, 
the the father saying, don't pray so you could be seen. You know, we have a lot of brothers and sisters that say these 30-minute long prayers, and you've been in it, and I've been in it, and you've thought to yourself, man, when is this man going to be finished praying? 30-minute long prayers, uh, repetitive, repeating the same thing. God said, I don't need all of that. You know, all I need is for you to have a sincere heart to worship me in spirit and in truth and just acknowledge me. I don't need all of that. Go ahead. He says they have their reward. Continue, Brother Joe. But thou, when thou prayest into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father, which is in secret, and thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, pray in secret. The Father is going to reward you openly, you know, so you don't have to be praying and doing all these things in the name of God openly. You don't have to do that, brothers and sisters, in order for God to acknowledge that you are doing it. So he said, pray to me in secret, and I'm going to reward you openly. Let's go ahead and continue. Let's go ahead and get to the meat of this. Go ahead and continue, Brother Joe. But when ye pray, use not vain repetition. As, as the heathens do, for thy think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. But not ye, therefore, like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. So, brothers and sisters, God knows what you need. You're his child. He knows uh, the things that you desire. He knows the things that you're struggling with. And like any good parent... Whether you tell them you're going through something or not, they know that you're going through something, brothers and sisters. So God also, just like your regular parent, knows that you're going through something when you are going through something. So don't worry about if he knows uh, what you're going through, because I'm here to testify to you today, according to what's written in this book called the Bible, he knows. Go ahead, Brother Joe. After this minute, therefore pray ye our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Okay, so I want to stop right there. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So um, the Father's not here on this earth. We know that he is in heaven, okay? We have identified that the Father is in heaven, yet, he desires to unite with his children. We're talking about the real Father's Day. When will it be? That's the question. Let's go ahead and turn our Bibles to John 3.16. Now, although he is in heaven, does he love us? And how much does he love us? See, love is defined by one word, sacrifice. Anything that you love you're willing to sacrifice something for it and ultimately pay the ultimate sacrifice. So let's find out if God loves us or what does God love and what was it that he loved so much that he was willing to um, sacrifice for it. Go ahead, my brother. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him shall not perish, 
but have everlasting life. Okay, so God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. So we know he sent his son to this world to die for the world. And I want you to understand the contrast between this and the. That's a big thing. But in order to understand that, we got to go back to the beginning to find out why the world was in the state or this world was in the state of condition that it was in so much so that he needed to send his son to be sacrificed for it. So let's go back to the Garden of Eden and see what we did that caused so much trouble, okay? Let's go back. Let's go to Genesis, the first chapter, verses 26 through 27. Now, God is creating us in his image, okay? So let's go there. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 27. And God said, let us make man in our image, have our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creepy thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him male, and female created he them. Okay. So man created us in his image, in his likeness. He gave us dominion over the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, and everything that creepeth and crawleth over the earth. Okay, now, for the second time, let's go to Genesis, the second chapter, verses 16 and 17. He's created us in his image. So in essence, we are God, the image of the one who created us. But God is going to give Adam a commandment. Let's see what that commandment is. Genesis 2. Verses 16 through 17. We're talking about the real Father's Day, when we will be reconnected with God. But first, we've got to find out what disconnected us. Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 through 17. And the Lord Lord God command the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, Thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So we got some commandments here, brothers and sisters. I want you to partake in everything that's in the garden. The tree of life, which is Jesus, Yeshua, the Son, okay, who's also God, according to Genesis, I'm sorry, according to John 1 and 1. But there's another tree in the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is Satan or Shaitan, the devil. And he says, you can partake in any of these trees. Some was for your physical consumption. Some was for your spiritual consumption. But this tree right here, the tree of knowledge and good and evil, don't talk to Satan, don't touch him, don't go near him, because the day you do it, you're going to surely die. Let's see if man followed these commandments, these instructions. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Verses 1 through 7. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, have God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, 
God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest you die. So she understood the instructions clearly, brothers and sisters. She repeated back to Satan. Satan said, did the Lord say don't do this? She said, yeah, the Lord said don't do this. Then the question is, well, then why did you do it? Okay, go ahead, my brother. Then the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. For God doeth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as God, knowing good and evil. So, one of the qualifications of being a God is knowing both good and evil, but spiritually they died that day because they disobeyed God. They sinned. So spiritually, number one, they suffered a death. And then a day to the Lord is as equal to a thousand years. None of the two, nor Adam nor Eve, lived to be a thousand years old. So in God's time, they also died the day that they listened or talked to this serpent called Satan, brothers and sisters. It was nothing but the devil. They just used metaphors like serpent. They used metaphors like the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They used metaphors like snake, but it's all referring to Satan, the devil. Continue, my brother. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, did eat, and gave also unto her husband. So, again, fruit don't make you wise. You never ate an apple and became smarter. You never ate a grape and became smarter. You never ate a peach or plum or a lemon or anything that made you wise. A knowledge makes you wise. So Satan gave them knowledge that they did not have. So their eyes became open. Now they knew that they were naked. So for the sake of time, Brother Joe, we already know that they disobeyed God. Let's go down to verse 21, and let's see how after sin, death entered into God's creation. After sin, death entered into God's equation. A lot of us never heard the way I'm going to put it today, brothers and sisters, but I'm going to put this in a way where maybe some of you all have never heard what I'm about to say right now before. But again, after sin, death entered into God's equation, but let me show you how it first entered into God's creation, the first thing that was killed. Go ahead, Brother Joe. Uh, Genesis 3 and 21. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin and coated them. So, Brother Joe, he made coats of skin, right? And he covered them, right? Yes. Where did he get the skin from? And a what? An animal. Yes. So the animal had to be killed when Adam and Eve sinned, brothers and sisters. So the first death, the first thing that was killed in God's creation was an animal. You notice that Jesus had to die for the sins of men? Before Jesus, animals were killed for the sins of men. So God killed an animal, shed the blood of an animal because Adam and Eve had sinned. And then he used the skin of the animal to cover their private parts. Now, they used fig leaves to cover their private parts because they didn't know anything about murder and about killing. But sin, brothers and sisters, 
through sin, killing was introduced into God's creation. But they were smart enough to know that I cannot kill an animal. Therefore, Adam and Eve were also vegans, brothers and sisters, because they didn't eat meat before they had sinned. They only ate things that grew out of the ground, vegetation. But after they sinned, God killed an animal, shed the blood of an animal, used the skin of that animal to cover their private parts. So let's go ahead and find out now why the term was used the lamb was slain from the foundation of the earth. Now, see, a lot of brothers say, well, see, they already knew Jesus had to die. Because in the book of Revelation, it says that Jesus had to be slain from the foundation of the earth. Well, the foundation of the earth was at the beginning of man. When man sinned, Jesus already knew that he had to die to get man back on track because animals couldn't get you back on track. It could only cover sin, but it couldn't forgive sin. So let's go ahead and read the saying that people try to use to say, well, God already knew what was going to happen. He already knew that Jesus was going to be killed. Well, that was planned again because man had already sinned. But let's go ahead and read it. The book of Revelation is the 13th chapter, verse 8, just one verse. 13, verse 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of so the Lamb. Let, let, let me explain that real quick. So right here they're talking about the beast, okay? So if your name is not written in the book of life, you're not going to be with God. You're not going to experience Father's Day, which is what we're talking about. But these are people that were worshiping the false prophet, the beast, the Antichrist, those individuals. Their names were not written in the book of life. Continue, Brother Joe. Whose name was not written in the book of life of the lambs slain from the foundation of the world. Wow. The lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. When was the foundation of the world? It was when man was created. And when man sinned. So we got that out of the way. I just wanted to show you that. That's called learning something on the way to learning something. Jesus knew that he had to replace the animal, brothers and sisters, that God had killed for man to use their skin of that animal to cover them all the way in the book of Genesis. Let's go ahead and read. Go back to the book of Genesis, the third chapter, verses 23 and 24. Man was already separated and suffered a spiritual death after he had sinned. But now we're getting to when God disconnected himself from us, when he removed himself from us and, and us from him. Um, let's go to Genesis 3 and 23 through 24. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to kill the garden. All right, brother. Go ahead, my brother. From which he has taken. So he drove out the man. He placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. All right. So, brothers and sisters, and we read some of this last week, but it's something how these lessons connect on a spiritual plane, and sometimes we go over the same thing, but for a different lesson and a different subject. So God removes man from the Garden of Eden. He puts a flaming sword 
with an angel blocking man from getting back to where he was created from so that he wouldn't have access to the tree of life. Don't you know when you have access to the tree of life, you can live forever? But because man has now become a sinner, he didn't want man living forever in sin. So he got a different plan for man, okay? He got the coming of his son that he has to send to bring us back. But God gives us a chance to get it back straight, just like most parents do, okay? We fell short in the garden. He put us through 400 years of bondage in Egypt. He heard our moaning and our groaning and our crying, and he said, you know what? I'm going to raise up a Savior to lead you out of the hands of the bondage of Egypt and Pharaoh. Okay, he did that. Once he did that, he gave us some instruction. And we don't hear this in enough churches, brothers and sisters, because we are living under a curse. As a nation of people, I'm talking about Israelites right now. I'm talking about that those who are descendants of the transatlantic slave trade that went to where you went through by the way of slavery. We are under a curse. That's why we've experiencing so much hell in America, so much hell in Jamaica, so much hell in Colombia, and everywhere where the slave ports were at, we are experiencing and we have been experiencing so much hell in the countries that we were sent to because we are under a curse, according to the Bible. But don't take my word for it. Let's read about it. Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, verses 1 and 2. Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 and 2. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all na- of all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the fields. So, brothers, it don't matter whether you live in Chicago or the suburbs. He said, all I want you to do is listen to me and do all of my commandments, which I have commanded you this day. And I'm going to bless you. All these blessings shall come over you. All these blessings shall take over you. Listen to my voice. Do all of my commandments. What's our party night, brothers and sisters? It's Friday night. We go out and party. Friday night, we kick it. And then we go to church on Sunday. That's not what he commanded us to do. He said, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. The Sabbath day is on the seventh day of the week. A day starts at sundown. So Saturday is the seventh day. Friday at sundown begins the beginning of Saturday, the Sabbath day. So what you call Friday night is actually Saturday the beginning of Saturday, and it's the Lord's Sabbath day. But do you find the churches filled across the United States of America and in other places where we are? Do you find us Israelites, black people, filling these churches from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown? 
And the answer as a whole would be no. You find us in the churches on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. So are we listening and doing all of his commandments that he commanded us back in the book of Deuteronomy? Because that was the requirements for us to receive his blessings. Are we celebrating Easter? A pagan holiday that represents the idol god Isis or Istarte or Esther, depending on what country you live in, but it's all the goddess of fertility. Are we celebrating that and telling our children to go out and go Easter egg hunting? Is the church celebrating Easter? Oh, this is Resurrection Sunday. Ain't got nothing to do with resurrection. It ain't got nothing to do with Jesus. It ain't got nothing to do with God. But we're not listening and doing his commandments. Are we celebrating Christmas? Well, in the book of Jeremiah, the 10th chapter, the 5th verse, it tells you not to take a tree, put it in your home, and decorate it. Are we listening and doing all of his commandments that he commanded us to do? And the answer is no. So we haven't experienced the blessings, brothers and sisters. We haven't experienced that. Let's go to verses 13 and 14. And the Lord shall make thee be the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearkenest unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. So, brothers and sisters, these blessings and benefits, blessings and benefits, I like that, blessings and benefits. We're supposed to be the head and not the tail. Look at the state of our condition as black people. Israelites, which is our name, but we're called African-American, we're called Jamaican, we're called Haitian, we're called everything out of the book, but what we are, Israelites, brothers and sisters. But look at the condition everywhere we are. Are we the head? where we are, or does the European rule over us? Does the Dutch rule over us? Does all these other nations rule over us? Even in our own community, we don't provide our lawn care services. The Mexicans do that. We don't even provide our hair care products. The Koreans do that. We don't provide our own gasoline. The Arabs do that. And if you want to go get a coffee from Dunkin' Donuts, most of the time, brothers and sisters, it is our Indian brothers and sisters that's doing that. You got to go get a loan to buy your car or your house. It's the European or the Caucasian that's doing that. So are you the head? No, brothers and sisters, we are the tail. Why? Because we haven't listened to the voice of the Lord to do all of his commandments that he commanded us to do. Matter of fact, some churches even tell you, don't even read the Old Testament. Just worry about the New Testament. They are taking your life away from you, brothers and sisters, your chances of eternal life by taking away the book that the laws are written in. Now, let's read about the curses, Brother Joe. We read about the blessings. Let's read about the curses. Let's go to Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, verses 15 and 16. When will the real Father's Day be? When will our Father come back and connect with us? We've messed up so much that he said, I'm going to let you suffer until I decide the time for your suffering is over. You've been so disobedient. You're the only ones that I made my people. You're the only ones 
that I had an intimate relationship, brothers and sisters. It was us. God didn't have the same type of relationship with Africans like he had with us. He didn't have the same type of relationship with Europeans like he had with us. He said, Israel is the only nation that I've ever known. And as a matter of fact, if you read Acts the 10th chapter, when he allowed Europeans to come into the body of Christ, he told the European, Cornelius, the Caucasian, to go see an Israelite, and he would tell you what you ought to do. So the protocol of God is the father gives it to the son. The son gives it to an angel. The angel gives it to one of us, an Israelite, and our responsibility is to give it to the other sons of Adam. But we didn't do that. So now let's see the punishment that God gave us. We're talking about the real Father's Day. When will we reconnect back with our Father? Well, let's find out what we had to go through and what we're currently going through before we get there. This is the process. Deuteronomy 28, 15, and 16. But it shall come to pass if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Cursed wow. shall thou be in the city, and cursed shall thou be in the fields. Now, again, first he said we will be blessed in the city and in the field if we listen and did all of the commandments of the Lord. We didn't do it. Now he said your punishment is to be cursed. Whether you're in the inner city of Chicago or whether you're in the surrounding suburbs, you are catching hell wherever you are. Let's go to verse 41. Let's find out something else we deal with. Thou shalt beget sons and daughters, but thou shalt not enjoy them, for they shall go into captivity. Brothers and sisters, and during slavery we had children. And when we had children and when they got to a certain age, the slave master would come snatch them from our arms, and sell them to other plantation owners, and it wasn't a damn thing that we could do about it. But it was already written in here that this would happen because we were disobedient. We did not listen to the Lord to do all of his commandments. We traded him in for other gods. Crosses, Woodstone, Easter, Christmas, Horus, Isis, Esther, Easter, we traded them in. Let's go ahead and continue at 43. What else happened to us, Brother Joe? And the stranger that is within these shall get above thee very high, and thou shall come down very low. We just talked about the stranger coming in our community, providing us gasoline, providing us Chinese food, providing us hair care products for our hair, doing our lawn services. Every other nationality is in your community. But let you try to go open up a rib joint down in Chinatown. They're not going to let you do it. Let you try to go open up a bank in Chinatown or Greektown. They're not going to let you do it. They got their own towns, own parts of the town. You're the only one, and I am the only one that ain't got nothing. Because God has allowed the stranger that, to come among us and get very high, and he said, we're going to get very low. Deuteronomy 28 and 43. Now, let's go to Deuteronomy 28 and 64. Let's see what else we would be experiencing because we're disconnected from God. Deuteronomy 28 and 64. Go ahead, my brother. 
and the Lord shall scatter thee among all peoples from one end of the earth even unto even unto other, and there thou shalt serve other gods which neither thou nor thy fathers have known. So again, brothers and sisters, during slavery, we were scattered from America to the slave ports in Colombia, to the slave ports in Belize, to the slave ports in Jamaica, to the slave ports in Europe. We were scattered to the four corners of the earth. And everywhere we went, we start worshiping the gods of the people in the land that we went to. Again, that's why you wear a cross today. That's why we go to church on Sunday today, not because God wanted us to do it. Matter of fact, he told us to do it on Saturday. But we do it because Constantine, the Roman emperor, sent out a decree that the first day of the week, Sunday, the day that they worshiped the sun in the sky, the sun's day was the day that we would go into these churches and worship. And they replaced the sun with the son of God. But we do all of the activities that they were doing when they were worshiping the sun day, the sun in the sky, the sun's day, Sunday worship. We do the same thing that they was doing. We just do it under the name of Jesus. We worship Horus, the God of the sun, on December the 25th. That's his birthday. We put a tree in our home and decorate it but we do it in the name of Jesus. We do everything that the pagans did, but we just put his name on top of it. Easter, we celebrate the big naked woman with the big breasts. Type it in, the goddess of Easter, and click on images, and you're going to see a white woman with big breasts because that's who Easter is celebrating. But we put God's name on top of it. We put Jesus' name on top of it. So he said, hey, you're going to go to these places. You're going to worship their God. The Ten Commandments said, don't make no graven images of anything in heaven, under heaven, or in the earth, or under the earth, or in the water. Don't make no images. But we got to get a cross and put an image of a man on it and say, this represents our God. Well, what if Jesus was shot with a gun if the capital punishment of his day was to be killed by a firing squad? Will we be having guns around our neck? What if he was hanged to death, hung to death by a noose? If that was the capital punishment of, of his day, we would be having little nooses around our neck with the image of a man in it with his neck in it. What if he was killed in today's time where he was shot in the arm with a hypodermic needle, lethal injection, would we be having needles around our neck? You see how uninformed and ignorant it is, brothers and sisters, because we don't know any better. But that's why we have the Bible show Truth Hour so that we can teach you better according to the word of God and you can know better according to the word of God, brothers and sisters, so you can do better. Remove all the images of idolatry. God said, worship me in spirit and in truth. Have you ever seen spirit? No, because it's invisible. And that's what faith is based on, believing in something that you can't see but you know exists. Remove the crosses, brothers and sisters. Let's continue, Brother Joe. Verse 68, what else was our punishment for doing the things that we did, not listening and obeying the voice of God and his laws and all of his commandments? Deuteronomy 28, 68. And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships by the way, whereof I speak unto thee. Thou shalt see it no more again, and, they, and there ye shall be sold unto your enemies for a bondman. 
and born woman, and no man shall buy you. So, brothers and sisters, God was going to allow us to be in a state of bondage like unto Egypt, but this bondage right here, see, Egypt was still in our area. Even Jesus went from Jerusalem to Egypt. Moses, Joseph, they were able to walk into Egypt. But this bondage, like Egypt was, is going to be a little bit different. You're going to be here for 400 years under chattel slavery, but I'm going to send you into these places by ships. He just read it. Deuteronomy 28 and 68. I'm going to send you here by ships. And then you're going to be sold to your enemy on an auction block, brothers and sisters. We were sold. But God had already told us what we will be going through if we disobeyed and we didn't believe him. Our forefathers disobeyed and we went through exactly what we just read that God told us we would be going through if we were disobedient. And he said, no man is going to come by you because no man didn't put you in that condition. I put you in the condition. And I'm going to get you out of it when I'm ready to get you out of it. We're talking about Father's Day, the real Father's Day, the eighth day, brothers and sisters. Let's read about it. Now, we messed up so bad, but again, what does it mean when God say he loved the world so much? Let's go back to John 3.16 real quick. Read that one more time. And notice he didn't say this world. No, God don't love this world. He never loved this world because this is Satan's world. But let's read the, re the real word that he did say he loved, and let's find out what the world is. Because, see, when we find out what the world is, it's connected to Father's Day. It's connected to the eighth day. It's connected to his return. Let's go ahead and read John 3.16 one more time. And when you say the world, I want you to just stop right there at the world. And I'm going to ask you to say it again, then you can continue. Go ahead, my brother. <coughs> For God so loved the world. Stop. For God so loved the world. The is the definite article. That means that there are other worlds out there, but this one is set apart from all the other ones that are out there. The world, brothers and sisters, dominates any other world that may be like it. So what was it about the world that he loved so much that he sent his only son to die for it? Now, let's find about, out about the world, brothers and sisters. So God gives us insight into the real Father's Day with his holy days. Now, again, we disobeyed all of his laws, his statutes, and his commandments. We don't even know what they are. But let's find out the days that we're supposed to be celebrating, these holy days, not holidays, but these holy days or feast days. There are seven of them. Did you know that? That there are seven days that God commands us to celebrate and separate from the rest of these world days. Let's read about some of them. Let's go to the book of Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. And let's read about these seven feast days. And the reason why I got to go over this, because I got to show you the eighth day, which is the real Father's Day, which is the connection to the Father. Well, black eyes, I thought there was only seven days in a week. Well, apparently, according to the Bible, it's not. Leviticus 23, 1 through 6. Go ahead, Brother Joe. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, Concerning the feast of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy, convocations, 
evening. These are my feasts. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, a holy congregation. You shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. So don't, no matter where we live at, in all your dwellings, it's the Sabbath of the Lord, and he wants you to keep it. But are we keeping it? No, because we're going to church on Sunday. Just wanted to point that out. Because, again, in the book of Deuteronomy, it says, if you listen, keep, and do all of my commandments, then I'm going to give you these blessings and benefits. Okay? Let's go ahead and continue reading, my brother. These are the feasts of the Lord. Hold on. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Are these the feasts of the Jews, Brother Joe? Did it say it was the feast of the Jews? No. It was the feast of who? The Lord. Read it again, Brother Joe. Continue. These... Um, these are the feasts of the Lord, even holy congregations, which ye shall proclaim in their season. In the fourteenth day of the first month, and evening is the Passover, is the Lord's Passover. Wow. That's the first one. Passover is the first holy day. But go ahead, continue reading, Brother Joe. And on the fifteenth day, of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread unto Stop the right Lord. There. So we got the Passover and we got unleavened bread. They are they are one day apart from one another. One day apart from one another. Let's go to verses 15 and 16. Let's find out about the third day, the Pentecost, the third holy day that we're supposed to be keeping. And the word Pentecost, brothers and sisters, only means 50th. That's all it means, 50th, okay? 50 days after the first two days. Go ahead, my brother Joe. And ye shall count unto you from the marrows after the Sabbath, from the day that ye brought the sheaf of wave offering. Seven Sabbaths shall be complete. Even unto the marrow after the seventh Sabbath shall you number fifty days, and ye shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. So again, 50 days, seven Sabbaths plus one day, seven Sabbaths, seven times seven is 49, seven Sabbaths plus one day, that's 50, that's your day of Pentecost. So we got three holy days of the Lord, Passover, Unleavened Bread, and Pentecost. Let's read the, the, the fourth holy day of the Lord, Leviticus 23 and 24. You got to learn this, brothers and sisters, because these are the days that we're supposed to be keeping, not Easter, not Christmas, not Halloween. Not man's New Year's Day, but these days are the days that we're supposed to be keeping. And if you don't know this, brothers and sisters, then it's even rougher on you when you stand before the Lord and he asks you, did you keep my commandments? We all struggling with this, brothers and sisters. I am no different. Leviticus 23 and 24. Let's read about the memorial of the blowing of trumpets, the fourth holy day of the Lord. Let's go. Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, in the seventh month, in the first day of the month shall ye have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of blowing trumpets and holy convocation. Memorial of the blowing of trumpets. Okay, we got that one. Let's find out about the fifth one, the fifth holy day. Um, Leviticus 23, 27, and 28. We're going through this real quick because we got to get down just two more, and we're going to show you about the eighth day. Go ahead, Brother Joe. Also, the tenth day of the seventh month 
there shall be a day of atonement. It shall be an holy convocation unto you, and ye shall afflict your soul and offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. You got to afflict your soul. That means you got to fast, brothers and sisters. This is the only day of the year that God commands us to fast, to afflict our souls, brothers and sisters. Any other fast that you do, you can call it a Daniel fast or this fast or that fast. That's something you're doing on your own. But God commands us to fast one day out of the year, the Day of Atonement. Did you know that? It's a lot of stuff that goes down this seventh month of the year. And when I say the seventh month of the year, brothers and sisters, we're not talking about May's seventh month of the year. We're not talking about July, brothers and sisters. We're talking about the real seventh month of the year. We're talking about September. Well, what do you mean September is the seventh month of the year? Well, the way you determine the beginning of God's new year is you go back to Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, the fifth verse, and it says that the Passover is on the 14th day of the first month. At evening. So the Passover is at the end of March. Fourteen days before the Passover is the first day of God's new year. Do the math, brothers and sisters. So the beginning of God's new year, the first month is March. The second month is April, May, June, July, August, September, and October. Everything that begins with the root oct means eight. Octagon, octopus, October. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know this knowledge, brothers and sisters. November, December, everything that starts with DEC means 10. Decimal point, rounding to the nearest 10. Decade, 10 years. December, brothers and sisters, 10th month of the year. Go and research the root of these words. And you'll find a lot of answers that you've been seeking and searching for. Well, Black Eyes, I've been going to church on, on December the 31st. I, I've been thinking that that's been New Year's Eve, and I've been in church on New Year's. You've been in church the last day of the 10th month of the year, going into the 11th month of the year. If you really want to go to church on New Year's Eve, brothers and sisters, you got to go to church in March. The day before... God's first day of the year. And if you want to know specifically what that day is, I can give you specifically what that day is, too. It's just not a part of our lesson right now. But after the end of the show, if you want to know, I'll give it to you also as well. But, again, all you got to do is type in Passover 2018. It's going to give you the date of the Passover. And then subtract 14 days from that. And then you're going to get day one of God because the Passover is on the 14th day of the first month. So let's go ahead, Leviticus 23 and 24. Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall ye have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, and a holy convocation. I'm sorry, my brother. 23 and 34. We read that one. Leviticus 23 and 34. Let's find, find out about this sixth holy day before we go to the eighth day. Speak, un, speak unto the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day. Of this seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days unto the Lord. 
So we got the Feast of Tabernacles, which is the sixth holy day that we're supposed to be celebrating. Is your church teaching these things, brothers and sisters? Because they're supposed to be teaching the word of God, and what we're reading on the Bible Show Truth Hour is the word of God. But are you being read the word of God in your church homes? And if you're not, it's time to evaluate, reevaluate where you are learning your studies, brothers and sisters, because the pastor can't save you. He's supposed to guide you to get your own salvation, but if he's not guiding you to this word so you will know what to do, brothers and sisters, then maybe he's the wrong shepherd. And again, you may love him, you may love mama and love daddy, but you can't let nobody stand in the way between you and God. Only Jesus, brothers and sisters. Let's read about this eighth day. Leviticus 23 and 39. Also, in the fifth day of the seventh month, when ye have gathered in the fruit of the land, and ye shall keep the feast unto the Lord seven days, on the first day shall be Sabbath, and on that. Eighth, 18th day shall be the No, no, not, not the 18th. Just, I, I want to make sure you read that right. Go ahead. The eighth day shall be a Sabbath. All right, let's go to verse 42. Ye shall dwell in the booth seven days. All that are Israelite born shall dwell in booth. That generations may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in Booth when when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. And Moses declared unto children of Israel the feast of the Lord. So brothers and sisters, God made us to live in these flesh and blood body for seven days or 7,000 years. Now we're getting into the coming of the Father because, see, Jesus comes back to rule and reign at the end of the 6,000-year period. And his reign is for 1,000 years, from the end of the 6,000 year to the end of the 7,000 year, brothers and sisters. Not the beginning of the 6th to the beginning of the, I'm sorry, not the beginning of the 7th to the beginning of the 8th. I didn't say that. I said at the end of the 6,000 year, as it is approaching the 7,000 year. To the end of the 7,000 year as it is approaching the eighth day, the coming of the Father. That's another lesson for another time. Um, I'll, I'll kind of delve into it a little bit because after Jesus' reign for a 1,000-year period, Satan is going to be loosed from his bottomless pit for a little while, and there has to be a war between Jesus and his saints and Satan and his minions. Okay, that comes at the end of the thousand-year reign of Christ because the thousand-year reign of Christ is going to be a thousand years of peace, brothers and sisters. Satan is going to be removed during that 7,000-year period. But at the end of that 7,000 period, Jesus still got to deal with Satan, and he got to deal with that last enemy called death before the Father can come and be reconnected with us. All right? So now, let's deal with this real quick because we got to close out on our show but we want to talk about when will we see the Father. Well, everybody wants to be with the Father, but don't nobody want to die. The Bible says, well, let's read it. Revelation 20. Uh, we got a lot to go, Brother Joe. Let me see where I want to go with this. Uh, Revelation 20 and... 
4 and 5. I'm going to skip some stuff just for the sake of time. Revelations 24 and 5. Let's go ahead. And I saw a throne. They sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither he received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they live and reign with Christ a thousand years. So, so they, these people were made judges, okay, that were resurrected, and they lived and reigned with Christ, ruled, reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So whoever these people are, and it's only a small group of people, brothers and sisters, they were judges and they ruled and reigned with Christ. Okay? But this is only the first resurrection. There are two. Read the next verse, Brother Joe. I got lost Verse 5. Verse 5. Revelation 20 and 5. But the rest of the dead live not again until a thousand years was finished. Stop, stop right there. Stop right there. The rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. So that tells us that everybody ain't going to be resurrected at the same time. The first resurrection is reserved for those who knew and kept the law, statutes, and commandments of God. We don't even know them to keep them. So how many of our parents and our grandparents who were good people, but they didn't even know the law to keep the law? So chances are most of the people that we've ever known not going to be in the first resurrection. Chances are because they didn't even know. They only knew what pastor said to them. And most of the pastors spoke half the truth. They didn't read from this book called the Bible. Or else we wouldn't have been going to church on Sundays in the first place. But it says the rest of the dead live not again until after the thousand years were finished. Why was that? What was this called, Brother Joe? Finished at that point. The rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. Why? This is the first resurrection. This is the first resurrection. The first resurrection kicks off Jesus' kingdom. But in this lesson, we're not interested in Jesus' kingdom. We're interested in the Father's kingdom, which comes after the thousand-year reign of Jesus' kingdom. We're talking about the real Father's day. When would our real Father come back and be reunited with us? And notice I keep saying, when will he come back? Well, Black Eyes, I thought we was going to heaven and going to live with him. Well, we're going to read, brothers and sisters. We're going to let the Bible answer that question. Let's go to... Uh, Man, this is it's a lot of good stuff up in here. Uh, man, it's a lot of good stuff up in. Let's go to First Corinthians, the fifteenth chapter. First Corinthians, the fifteenth chapter, and let's find out the process that we have to go through in order to be reconnected with the Father. First, brothers and sisters, we got to come out of this flesh and blood body. Okay. Because of our father Adam, we all got to die in this flesh and blood body. Go back to where we came from, ashes to ashes, 
dust to dust before we are resurrected. Now, we read about one resurrection. Okay? So let's find out the process that we have to go through in order to get to the Father. 1 Corinthians 15, let's go to verse 42. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. So brothers and sisters, you go on the ground with a body that decays, that smells, that stinks if you don't wash it, that gets old, that gets wrinkled, that bleeds, that can be cut. You go in the grave corruptible, but when you're resurrected, you got a spirit body that can't die no more. That's incorruptible. Let's read 44. It is on a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. So again, we are natural, flesh and blood human beings. We go in the ground, natural, with these flesh and blood, but when we come up, ain't no more flesh and blood during the resurrection. It's a spiritual body. Let's read 44. It is on a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. There's a natural body, the one that you're born out of your mother in, but then the second birth or or the resurrection, that's the body that God bo- 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 is um, bo- bo- uh, burying you in, I guess I should say, making sure that you're born in, which is a spiritual body. Let's read verse 51. Behold, I true you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. So, brothers and sisters, go ahead. In a moment. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. So, brothers and sisters, so there are some people who are going to be alive when Jesus comes who qualifies. They're going to be changed. But there are some that will be in the grave, and then they're going to be raised from a natural body, to a spiritual body. Verse 52. So when this corruptible shall have put in incorruption, and this more shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the same that is written, death is shallow upon up in victory. Sorry. So brothers and sisters, so forever shall we be with the Lord. We can't live in this flesh and blood body forever, so God got to give us a body that we can live forever in, that spiritual body. And that's why the fallen angels, Satan, brothers and sisters, they can't die a natural death. They've been around forever, since before us. And God had to create a lake of fire that they can dwell in forever because spirit can't die like the flesh and blood body can die. Spirit can be disconnected and suffer a spiritual death or a disconnection from the Father, but it can't be killed like flesh and blood can be killed. 55, go ahead. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death. So brothers and sisters, Jesus came when he died for our sins, he pretty much took away the possibility of death and the grave holding us forever. 
Death and the grave can't hold us forever. So where's your sting? Where's your victory? You don't have it anymore because of the sacrifice that Jesus made. Now, brothers and sisters, we want to be with the Lord forever. The Lord's prayer said, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Well, when it comes, can we just be in it when it comes? Not in this flesh and blood body. Let's read why. 1 Corinthians 15 and 50. Let's read it, Brother Joe. Now, this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood can inherit the kingdom of God, brothers and sisters. Can't do it. So remember, the first resurrection happened when Jesus comes back. So that's saying so much for my mother and my sister and my aunt and my cousin is up in heaven looking down on me smiling. No, brothers and sisters, that's not biblical. The first resurrection has not even happened yet. The first resurrection starts the thousand-year reign of Christ. And when Christ comes, Satan is removed. So there would be none of the things that we are experiencing in the world today because Satan wouldn't be here to cause those things. Let's close out, Brother Joe. Revelation 21, and let's start at verse 2. Now, when will our Father come back? When will we have the real Father's Day? We waiting on it. Talk to me, Brother Joe. Revelation 21 and 2. And John and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride or daughter for our husband. And so I heard a... God's kingdom is coming down to this earth, brothers and sisters, out of heaven. We didn't say it. We just read it. But if his kingdom is coming, prepared for us as a bride adorned for her husband, who prepared it? Didn't Jesus say, I go to prepare a place for you? Okay, cool. Now we know that God's house is coming, his kingdom is coming, but where will God himself be? Let's read it. Verse 4. <coughs> I mean, verse 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them. God, and be himself, God himself is coming to be with us, and he's bringing his kingdom down to be with us, brothers and sisters. I didn't write it. <laughs> I didn't say it. Brother Joe didn't write it. He didn't say it. He's just reading it, brothers and sisters. So the eighth day is the return of the Father, which comes after the thousand-year reign of Christ, which comes after that last enemy is defeated called death. And what was, what must we do to qualify to be reconnected with the Father on the real Father's Day when he comes? Let's go to the book of Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter, verse 13. And we're going to close this out, brothers and sisters. What is our responsibility? What is the whole duty of man? Some people say, well, we're no longer under the law. We're under grace. Well, the definition of law, according to this book called the Bible, is the transgression of the law, the breaking of the law. Sin is the breaking of the law. If there is no more law, there can be no more sin. Somebody lied to you, brothers and sisters. So let's find out the whole duty of man and close this out. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. Go ahead. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, 
for this is the whole duty of men. Fear God, keep his commandments, the whole duty of man. You want to be reconnected to the Father? You want to experience the real Father's Day? You want to be in his kingdom so that you can forever be with the Lord, absent from the body, present with the Lord? That don't mean as soon as you die. That means that when you are resurrected to a spiritual body and you're absent from this flesh and blood body and his kingdom comes down and he gives you access to it, absent from the body, present with the Lord, so forever shall we be with the Lord, because spirit cannot die. The real Father's Day, the eighth day, brothers and sisters, the whole duty of man, fear God, keep his commandments. This has been the Bible Show Truth Hour here on POET Radio. I am your host, Black Ice. Brother Joe is our reader. We're going to go to the phone lines and find out what our listeners thought about tonight's show. But for the YouTube listeners and the Facebook Live listeners, if you want to be added to our text invite, to this show, then text your name and the keyword Truth Hour to 312-719-7310. Text your name and the keyword Truth Hour to 312-719-7310. To our YouTube listeners, tune in next Tuesday, same day, same time, 7.30 p.m. We also have a Facebook group page called The Bible Show Truth Hour. Peace and blessings, brothers and sisters, in the mighty name of Jesus. All right, let's go ahead and go to our phone lines. Let's find out who is this from Chicago. Chicago, who's this? <coughs> how you doing? That? This is Drew. Andrew, how you doing? Doing much better now that I have read and you have taught me something that I didn't know. Well, that's beautiful, um, Brother Andrew. Um, keep listening. We'll keep sharing the Word of God from this book called The Bible. And we will continue to do homework, and let's do homework together. And if you have a specific subject that you want us to cover on a Tuesday, then text that to me or call me outside of this and say, hey, I want you to do a show on this or that or whatever. And then we'll do the research and we'll do a show on that also as well. Okay, I really appreciate it, and I thank you. All right, you're welcome. Let's go to Alaska. Alaska, you're out there. State your name, Alaska, and tell us what you thought about tonight's show. Good afternoon. Um, Boy, this is Sister Geraldine. Hey, Sister Geraldine, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. That's good. Thank you so much. God, go back because I tried to write the script down, but I got interrupted because I'm still at work. Okay, well, you know, we're on YouTube as well and on Facebook Live. So. Um, you can go back and watch the video if you didn't catch everything, or we're on the Internet. Um, you can actually go to the Internet and type in the link, the web link, and go back and listen to it, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, if you need any information, then uh, just reach out to me, um, Facebook, or give me a call or anything, and I'll make sure you get all the information you need. Thank you so much. May God bless you. Each and every one of you. Okay, you too. Uh, for the sake of time, Brother Joe, we're going to go ahead and close out with you. Tell us what you thought about tonight's show. Hey, peace and blessings, everyone, again. I just want to thank everyone for listening in, uh, YouTubers, Facebook Live. I just want to appreciate and thank everyone for tonight. As always, brother, hey, tonight's show was, was very enlightening. When I got those scriptures from you the other day, hey, I was excited, brother. Heart still pounding after tonight's show, so... Um, it just goes to show, man, it's true teaching, uh, and I can feel it. 
Absolutely, brother. And we was moving, brother Joe, tonight, man. We was moving pretty quick for the sake of time. And there was some scriptures that I didn't get a chance to get to for the sake of time. But we will get to We will share them on another subject on another show. But this was the real Father's Day, brothers and sisters, the eighth day. The day when we will be reunited with the Father himself. He's coming to live with us. We ain't got to go nowhere. He's coming to live with us, and he's bringing his kingdom. Thy kingdom come, brothers and sisters. Read it for yourself. Revelations 21, 3 and 4. This has been Black Ice, along with Brother Joe, live on the Bible show Truth Hour, here on POET Radio. We pray that you were edified and that God was glorified on tonight's show. Peace and blessings in the mighty name of Jesus, Yahshua, we pray. Amen. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.